The Pacific Islands Forum Secretariat Gender Specialist says real change following the 2012 Pacific Leaders Gender Equality Declaration has been slow to come. Pacific Leaders endorsed the pledge in 2012, then 10 years later there was a review of the declaration and leaders have only now revitalised it. Dr Fiona Hukula told Lydia Lewis changes were needed after the review, which found people weren't even aware of the leaders' commitments. There was no ownership of the declaration and no oversight. So the key difference between the original pledge of 2012 and the one that's been revitalised now is that we have a more an expanded focus. This revitalised pledge is now also aligned with the 2050 strategy for the for the Blue Pacific Continent. So the thematic, it's it's aligned to the seven thematic areas of the 2050 strategy. And it's also more broader. So what I mean by it's broader, meaning that the first declaration really focused on six areas. This declaration now is broader in the sense that it has, it reflects current priorities for our region around climate change. It also takes into consideration other pathways to addressing gender equality, such as sports. There's also been, uh, through the consultations, um, an emphasis on ensuring that we engage with men and boys beyond uh, addressing sort of issues around gender-based violence, which is where a lot of the work around engaging men and boys is, but right across the gender equality work, there's better engagement with men and boys. Was that not included previously? So previously, under the um, the the previous uh, the first iteration of the pledge, they focused uh, the focus was on ending violence, and so there were programs that addressed ending violence against women and girls that had a focus on engaging men and boys. But the difference with the revitalized pledge is that the engagement of men and boys is seen as key all across different sectors of gender equality. With the pledge that before it was revitalised, how many gains were made? Um, In the 10 years, while there is concerns, there's definitely concerns that there needed more to be done. We know that um, a lot of work has been done to ensure that there's, for example, in addressing gender-based violence, that most of our member countries have legislation in place. There's programs um, um, around... Um, addressing gender-based violence in terms of prevention and response. Um, So a lot of work has been done um, in that space. Does this call on governments to implement a quota? How would that be addressed in regards to this pledge? Well, in terms of the pledge, it it is calling for stronger commitment at all levels in um, in order to achieve gender equality. But how does that look and like? It, 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 so, so I guess what it looks like is can is also incumbent upon the countries. There's different uh, views around quotas and temporary special measures for women's leadership. One of the things that have has come out quite clearly with the work we've done to revitalise this pledge is to also ensure that um, there's a recognition of the the role of leadership that women play in the community communities. So it's at all levels. So um, 
The leaders through the de declaration call for accelerated ac actions and measures to strengthen the participation of all Pacific peoples, Pacific, uh, particularly women and girls in all their diversity at all levels of leadership and decision making. So that that call is is the pledge um, call to action for member countries to implement or um, strengthen pathways for women's leadership at all levels. So how could they do that? Could you give me some example <coughs> of legislative changes? Well, there's already work in various countries around um, uh, thinking about about these issues and how to get more women in political leadership. Um, there's some countries that have uh, subnational level quotas for women. In in Papua New Guinea, the the autonomous region of Bougainville has three seats for women. There's also at the Motukoita, which is the local level government, uh, seats for women. So at different levels, there are there's there's different bits of work going on in different countries. Is is that is, for example, Bougainville with the three seats? Is are they taking the lead here? Do you hope that Papua New Guinea will implement a similar me measure? Well, there has been discussions in Papua New Guinea around this for for many years. I think we we can see that from the Bougainville experience that. It has been useful for them in particular, but I think one of the things that we need to also be very mindful of is, of course, uh, all across the region, our countries work in, dif uh, work in different cultural and social environments um, in the way that, um, and, and so that in, in itself um, has um, an influence in the way uh, people think about women's leadership especially at that very high political level. Does that pose a question as to how how much of an impact a declaration like this can have when the people need to change, when the views of people need to change for change to occur? Well, I, <clears throat> well, I, I think one of the things also with the, 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 the pledge is that it's a high-level commitment. The way in which countries implement also this declaration guides the implementation. And, and, and behaviour change, as we know, not just around thinking about women's leadership, but broadly around gender equality needs that generational change. And so it's, it's, uh, it's a declaration that has that high-level political commitment, um, but needs also... Um, the continuous work, so the work to continue um, around gender equality. And you mentioned cultural issues and something that um, domestic violence survivor Hannah Joku told me is it's not cultural <coughs> that you know, the culture is beautiful and that she wants culture, particularly in Papua New Guinea, to be celebrated. But because culture is attached to domestic violence, it's become a taboo topic. What do you make of that? Is it cultural or how do you see the issues playing out and why? Okay, so my um, 
my uh, my reference to culture was really speaking to um, um, ideas of women's leadership. So in that context, um, I think, you know, culture is not static, which means that our interpretation of culture has changed over the over time. I think um, Hannah's uh, very right in in saying that um, um, it sometimes, especially domestic violence, has seen as um, a dispute between two people, and and unlike anywhere else in the region and the world, a lot of times people don't want to to engage. Uh, as in step in to help, um, it, it's a, it's more than just culture. We have very good um, uh, prote- protective me- mechanisms. We know that from um, from uh, from our culture, and it's about drawing on those kinds of things, the strength of who we are, as specific people as well, to be able to to address some of these issues, not just for gender-based violence, but um, gender equality broadly. What should people do? Obviously, it's broad for different nations, but maybe specifically for Papua New Guinea, or um, if you could draw on your knowledge, what are the steps or the basic steps one should take? Well, again, um, different countries have different responses and at different levels. There's some countries that have um, helplines, Many countries now in the region have safe houses, but we also know from the research that a lot of our people or our women do not use the formal system for various reasons. So there's obviously the police there, but there's um, the church plays a very important role. Um, what if your perpetrator community is leaders or, or church? There's the community leaders, um, family so, members. So reach out to a trusted person or what is your call? Yes. Yes. Um, I think it, it, it is really finding a trusted person. Like I said, there's a, now a lot of awareness around um, on where people can go. Uh, women can go to get help. <clears throat> doesn't necessarily mean that they will utilize the services that are available, but where there is opportunities to get help through whether it's a formal or an informal mechanism, that would be um, an ideal option to get help. And in your time in this role, what would you like to see change, even if it's one government, not all 18, and one piece of legislation? What is your biggest hope um, for for the space while you're in this role? So I think the what I'd like to see is um, we ensure that the services and the resources needed and we have a lot of resources, as in, you know, donor funding, development funding coming into this space. But what I'd really like to see is the real Pacific ownership of this issue, not just gender-based violence, but gender equality, so that we are working towards having safe communities, communities where where um, there's um, equal access to services for everybody, but it has to be led by us, Pacific people. 
that really is something that I'd like to see. And we hope that through the declaration that that, that ownership of this leader's commitment um, will will um, be able to ensure that we have um, some real uh, that, that we continue to build on 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 the work that's already been done. Because I don't want to say that nothing's been done. I think there's been a lot of progress. While we have a lot of work to do, um, there's been a lot of progress. But we do know that if we're going to really have an impact on our future generations, we as Pacific people, all of us, have to own this issue and work towards um, a safe and free and you know society that all of us can contribute to.